This is Chris Mooneyham of Five Ghosts, and you're listening to 11 o'clock Cock Comics. Oh, boy. We're going to leave that in. <laughs> this is Chris Mooneyham of Five Ghosts, and you're listening to 11 o'clock Comics. This is Frank Barberi, the talent behind Five Ghosts, and you're listening to 11 o'clock oh. Comics. I got comments. It's the sultry sounds of Wednesday. Uh, you know, Vinny was doing that. that and I, pants, I, really? I, I, yeah, and I, I said, dude, shut up. I don't care what it is. And then after a while, he broke me down. He wore me out. I said, what is that? He said, it's that pig. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's appropriate, isn't it? It is. Oh, uh, speaking well, of pig, oh, he's like a... He's like a pig and shit with the WWE Network. That's uh, my Love dog. It. Yeah. It's going crazy. It was actually at, at um, I came home today and it was uh, I, I went back to the ECW Hardcore Heaven '97 and, and it, uh, it I was able to skip ahead a little bit and it was it, it, it was nice and watch the end of the match because I it's been on all of my devices it's been uh, it's been letting me know. Uh, when I've had enough, apparently, and, and I can turn it off. <laughs> so, uh, um, but it's it's neat seeing the different interfaces, uh, the different clients, because the Roku box um, doesn't have the timestamp that the PC that 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 that, that, that the browser or the PS3 has, and I'm sure other high-end devices also have the little timestamp that tells you when a match begins and ends. Um, unfortunately, the timestamp also tells you who wins the match. Um, really? Yeah, because it'll be like it, it'll yeah, it'll say like for Hardcore Heaven, it'll say um, uh, Taz versus Chris Candido for the TV title, and then it'll say Taz wins via you know suplex submission or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, that's awesome. So I, but, but it's um, that's so just it's, it tells you when the match ends and how it ends. So there you go. But um, but the Roku lets you uh, the Roku is set up. It has the uh, the way you can check out the content. Uh, and, and either, um, go through years or, or the pay per view, but it has them laid out a little differently than, than the PS3 has it laid out. Um, the, uh, the Kindle. Some of us don't have a rock, a Roku, Daddy Warbucks. No, I had the Roku before <laughs> the PS3 and before the TiVo came upstairs, but it, it's, I mean, that was my, the Roku, because the TV upstairs was only getting antenna channels. So if it wasn't on like two, four, seven, or nine, I wasn't watching shit. And and uh, so the Roku was there to at least let me watch Netflix. Your device, man. And 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 the Kindle, the Fire, the first gen, is, the interface is very similar to the um, to the iPhone, which I'm guessing is also similar to the Android devices. Mm-hmm. They they are having streaming issues though. Yes, absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, it seems like uh, they've been. That definitely seems true. And and they still actually haven't gotten the Xbox figured out at all. So you can't you can't. Can't get it on the Xbox it's the yet. First Xbox though, right? What about Xbox One? Like the I Xbox sixty, I think. Yeah, I don't having... even think they have it for Xbox One yet because oh, okay. I know you have to be a um Xbox Gold Xbox Live Gold member. Yeah. So. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. It's silly. Yeah. I, I'm just watching it on the PS three and, and we are loving it. But Yeah, I'm I'm watching it on my iPad so far and it's it's been phenomenal. I we even had yeah. at home we haven't had any streaming issues. Um, what are you watching on our, oh you said the PS three, that's right. Okay. But uh it's been I, a blast. I, I watched uh I watched Bash of the Beach ninety six. 
Damn. And I watched SummerSlam, to, I guess, what, 2001, right? Is that the match made in heaven, match made in hell? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, so, uh, and, and it's just a blast, man, to, to go back and like see some of the people that you forgot were there and, and different stages of their careers. And like, I forgot, dude, that freaking Sergeant Slaughter, like, in he the middle change. of the Iraq war, dude, turned yeah. on this country, dude. Like, yeah. that was arguably like the best heel turn of all time in terms of like, oh yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I forgot all about it, dude. I am, yeah. uh, I'm gonna fire up Royal Rumble from 1997 and, uh, and the next pay per view in February, which was at that time before they had specific theme based pay per views. If it wasn't like the big four, um, Rumble, Mania, Survivor Series and, um, uh, SummerSlam, they had every month, uh, WWF at the time would do an in your house. And that was basically, and those were numbered like in your house, 12, 13, and there would be a subtitle and in your house, 13, which was in February of 97 was final four. And that I want to see because that was a four way for the title between Undertaker, uh, Bret Hart, Steve Austin, and, um, and, and a fourth dude. And the reason that happened is because Shawn Michaels was being a bitch and, and he said on air he lost his smile, but he basically didn't want to, um, repay. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah, right. Yeah. He didn't want to repay Bret Hart for beating him at WrestleMania. Right. Um, so he, he vacated the title. So the fra- the final four way was was supposed to or the fatal four was supposed to be for um actually it was called final four and that was supposed to be for the vacant title, um and that led to Bret Hart versus Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13 that year. So I'm I'm going to enjoy the first few pay per views of 1997, but I also want to watch um WrestleMania from 2004 where Eddie Guerrero and um. And Chris Benoit both win the belts on on, on that pay per view, but I'm I'm going to look up uh, if you want to see somebody decent. And and Jason and I were we're, we're we were DMing yesterday about um, uh, wrestlers who have um, who have passed on, and uh, and one that I forgot to mention, Boo, was uh, Chris Candido. Okay, yeah, I mean it's pretty crazy. I think what I, I the. Uh... I mean the, uh, the 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 two matches, the two pay per views I've watched so far. I think at least I figured thirty percent of the participants have died. Yeah, which is just crazy. Um, I mean, including like Miss Elizabeth and uh, you know and uh, woman. Who yeah. Were, I mean, talk about weird. I mean the 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 one match with uh, on Bash of the Beach. You know, Ric Flair goes up against Conan for the title, and he's got. Woman and Miss Elizabeth as his entourage because they were co-valeting the uh, four horsemen at the time, and they're both dead, man. Yeah, and both yeah. died of you know. Well, one 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 due to um due to drugs, and the other due to um. Yeah, but I mean, uh, both uh, tragic though. I mean, both oh yeah, tragic, absolutely tragic, absolutely. sad yeah. lives. I mean, I, I it's, it's depressing. I I you know, as a kid, I remember Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man, and you know, you, you kind of. The whole cave babe thing. You think it's you just think they're like, and they really were married, so you thought it was like not at the time. No, they, no, no, no. They were no. actually divorced yeah, by that no. point, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You think, you think yeah. like, oh, this is great, and she's such a nice lady, and yeah. you know, she was basically a train wreck of a woman. I mean, uh, you know, so. <laughs> no, she, 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 she was attached to people who just who, who did her wrong, and she, yeah. Yeah, she was you know manically depressed and a major drug user. And uh, but what's weird, dude, is that Lex, you know, she died in Lex Luger's house, 
And Lex Luger's all like clean and born again now. He's like all, yeah. all straightened up. He got some Jeebus in his life. Yeah. You know who's yeah. that? And you, know- you know who's effed up, dude, before you get into the promo. Uh, Roddy, Roddy Piper, dude. He's had a tough life, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love him. I can't wait for Legend House. Lost some of his ear, too. Yeah, yeah. And a dog collar yeah, match with Ric Flair. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody. Well, it's 11. Ear. Look at this. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 305. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. This would be a moment where I'm going to pour some out for our homie who ain't here tonight. But I'm David Price. Yeah, and a happy anniversary to our homie. That's why he's not here tonight. Yes, indeedy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, fresh from my awesome post-Smackdown promo, because I'm the best in the world, I'm Dolph motherfucking Ziggler. Yeah, <laughs> no. You're not Dolph Ziggler. You're Jason Wood, everybody, in the house. That's for sure. (laughs) Roxo (laughs) just streamed down my bald head. (laughs) How do you follow that? Just visit our sponsor, (laughs) uh, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get fantastic deals on comics, the cheapest you're going to find anywhere, such as, I think these are still good. If they're not, whatever. Uh, I'm sure they are. Yes, you can get uh, from Dark Horse and Steve Niles and Christopher Mitten, who I love so much. It's the Criminal Macabre collection for Eyes of Frankenstein, the miniseries. Collects uh, four issues. Cover price is $17.99. Not bad, but it's even better if you get it through DCB service because you can get it for $8.99. From Vertigo, it's the Coffin Hill Trade, Volume 1, Forest of the Night. Get this collects seven issues that's crazy cover price for seven issues 9.99 even crazier but your price is insane because it's only four dollars and 99 cents last but not least it's from titan it's death sentence written by monty nero and art by michael dowling covers are fantastic i've been pimping this thing i haven't seen page one of it but the covers are nice uh cover price 22.99 because it's a hardcover your price $12.64. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. They do not mind late orders or late order editions at Discount Comic Book Service, and you can get your previews for what you should be paying, a dollar and some cents. DCBService.com. Tell them 11 o'clock sent you. you know, by the way, is it wrong that I am sometimes get jealous when I hear about other podcasts being sponsored by DCBS? <laughs> no, they sponsor everyone. Yeah, it makes me jealous. Why? I don't know. I feel like I'm not as special then. Oh, you're all, you're special to me. Yeah, I mean special to Cam and Christina. Right, yeah. It doesn't matter how many people they sponsor. It's how Cam and Christina make us feel when we see them. Wow, when I was talking to Christina in our weekly phone calls. And, uh-huh. uh, she yeah. Made, oh, you – oh, Never mind. <laughs> Christina, if, it, if, if it were up to your savvy business acumen, we'd still be – Doing it for free. <laughs> <laughs> doing it Funny, with a couple of tin cans. <laughs> can you hear me now? The talent doesn't worry about that. Brought to you by Campbell's Soup and a String. <laughs> can you hear me now? <laughs> oh, I read a boatload of stuff for this week, so let's let's get, get rocking on let me, uh Let me just say, get clear something. That I got to get something uh, out there, which is, uh, you know, we talked about Bill Mantlo. And, yes, uh, I was going to bring this up. And uh, it's, I, you know, one thing I will say about uh, 
about the industry is that uh, they do take care of their own, you know? Like, uh, it seems like whenever there's a creator in need, whether it be Stan Sakai recently or, or Bill Mantlo or, or countless others, uh, it seems like, especially thanks to, like, Twitter and, and, and social media now, so many artists and creators and and uh, other industry peeps and, and, and fans like ourselves uh, – you know, seem to step up and, uh, and, and, you know, rally to, to the cause. It's pretty neat to see. Um, and with that said, uh, relative to the Bill Mantla stuff we talked about last week, our good buddy, uh, multiple time guest on our show and, and fantastic, uh, creator extraordinaire from up north, Mr. Tom Fowler, uh, put out a tweet saying, Hey, uh, first person to donate, uh, a certain number of dollars to, uh, Bill Mantlo, uh, if you send me the receipt, I will do a, um, Rocket Raccoon fully painted commission, uh, of, uh, of, of, you know, for, for, for that person. So, uh, so I gotta say thanks to him because, uh, I, I, st- I did that. And the, the other cool thing is that not only did he. Wait, wait, you got the commission? Yeah, yeah he did. Jeez. But not yeah. only that though, but he, I guess I, res- I did it pretty quickly, like after he put the tweet out. So he kept the promise up. He didn't, in other words, he didn't say, Hey, it's already been filled. Thanks. So it ended up being that three different people took him up on his offer and he's going to do three fully painted commissions for us, uh, awesome. as a result of that. So it's a win, win, win. Mantlo gets some cash and I was already thinking about giving him some anyway. I get another awesome Tom Fowler piece of art and, and Tom gets to, you know, donate his work and, and to help, a, a you know, a, uh, someone he, he thinks highly of. So that's fantastic. Yeah, it's real cool. but you, you know, see, I, what I thought you were going to bring up was the, uh, item on bleeding cool where Bill Mantlo, Bill Mantlo's brother came out and says, Hey, you Weisenheimers pipe down. Don't start, you know, with the sky is falling. He said, Marvel is taking care yep. of, yeah. of, of, of Bill. Yeah. And, oh, cool. uh, I, guess I didn't they, see that. Yeah, they, they drew up a contract. It's only concerning Rocket Raccoon. So, but it, that's all it really has to, uh, be concerned with at this point because that money, that movie's gonna make, uh, a tidy sum. Yes. And, and Bill will see part of that. So, um, and I guess the brother was coming out because he didn't he, there, there want There were a to, lot of ru- false rumors going around. Yeah, about. he didn't want to, okay, he didn't cool. want to tarnish oh, the relationship. He seems like I a guess, cool dude. I guess he, um, he, he actually, um, sent me a personal, email note um after my donation to him actually just just thanking me like and it was definitely nice. from him it wasn't sort of a canned thing so which i thought was very nice because yeah. certainly that that was above and beyond anything that you know, i would have thought but uh well i guess marvel has been contributing to the cool. Mantlo. oh yeah oh and, that's good man that's good to hear yeah so i mean we we being on the outside like to you know grab the torches and pitchforks but i guess marvel's been been doing the uh, the upstanding thing for for a while and and has been uh funneling some stuff is bill's way but the the brother also said you know that's fine but this stuff is really expensive oh, yeah. so you know if you are going to donate please do so because every bit helps and you know um which it's good to see him being taken care of but like jack Part of me wishes that the man lived like a king when he could have enjoyed it. You know? Well, I mean, I I know what you're saying. I think there are different situations, though, right? In the sense they are. They are. I mean, but Jack, I mean, would, I mean your, your animosity there is that you just feel like he never got his, his, his financial just desserts, but he lived a good life health wise. But yeah, but, uh, but Bill has been, you know, basically, you know, incapacitated for what uh, going on twenty years now, eighteen years. Yeah, it's not so. And and one last thing on the Bill Mantlo tip, because to all this talk about uh, Mantlo got me fired up so i happened to procure 
it's actually the second copy I own, but this one is sweetie, sweetie, mint, mint, mint of, uh, of the Incredible Hulk number 271, which you may or may not remember is significant because? First appearance of Rock Raccoon? Come on. Or at least close. It is the first appearance in a comic book of Right, right, right. right. I love the cover. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a amazing cover. Because he was in Marvel Premiere, number seven. Which I don't own. But, uh, but yeah, no, this is, uh, so it's this, it's a beautiful, like, uh. You don't own that? I do. Really? No, no, I do. But I bought, this was a CGC copy of. No, the Marvel premiere. So. No, no, I don't. I don't own any Marvel, I don't own any of the magazines, so. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I got them. I know you did. I know. <laughs> yeah. They're sweet. Um, but, so what is that going for book? Minty Mint. In the neighborhood, uh, a couple hundred bucks. No kidding! Yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. that's astounding. Because well, it's all even, in anticipation of the movie, dude. You know what book you can't get like at all? I mean, like at all? Yeah, Iron, Man, Iron Man, Iron Man fifty five. Wow. No kidding. What? Well, when yeah, I say you can't get it all, you can actually get it like ten copies right now. But I'm saying like, but but we're talking four figures now. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think that was among the ones I sold to um don't, my comic uh, shop. Don't tell me yeah. that. Oh god. <laughs> Aunt Bunny coming to get me. I, 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 I dumped my entire Iron Man run. Yeah. And the uh, first appearance of Groot is super expensive because it's uh from nineteen sixty because it's Tales to Astonish. That I do not have. That's like three, four grand for like a, yeah. a, a you know, very fine copy. Um and I think that Bap knows, but since Vince you're never on Twitter anymore and don't go to the forums, um I fulfilled a grail this week. What that? Um, I often put bids in on Comic Link when they have their, you know, their featured auctions. Mm-hmm. But I would say ninety nine percent of the time, the winning, you know, by the time the dust settles, the winning bids are many, many times above like what I would have, you know, been willing to pay for any of these things, you know, ranging from art to comics. But kind of surprisingly, in my inbox last night, I got a thing saying, "Congrats, you're the winner of this auction." So. uh as soon as I submit payment, uh, I am the proud owner, finally, of a absolutely gorgeous, uh, cover, uh, copy of, um, of, uh, Fantastic Four number 52. Oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah real psyched. Real, real psyched. You know, I've been looking right. for that book for a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Now you, you probably saved yourself a ton of aggravation at, uh, many future shows. Well, you know what? It got to the point, though, because you know the last few shows that people don't even have copies. They don't even have them anymore. Like those kind of books, like they just the one dude. Remember, he laughed at me, and I was like, mm-hmm. "All right, dude, my yeah. bad." So rare book. Sorry for asking about your rare book. But, uh, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, I know. But um, yeah, like like they, uh, you know, that that inventory just has dried up because because they can sell it quick. So, um, I mean, now Comic Link usually has two or three copies of that book that they're selling in an auction. It's a fairly common book. It's, it's really not that rare of a book, honestly, but, but, uh, you know, because of, um, uh, you, you know, because I'm, I'm an asshole, uh, and, and want to, uh, really, that's not true. You know, I'm saying, but because I, I'm, I have this obsessive compulsive disorder to collect first appearances, but when I'm in a high grade, this book is particularly hard to find in high grade because as you know, it's, it's a, it's a largely all black cover. And, uh, and that's just so hard to, uh, you know, keep that, 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 uh, you know, the color presence, uh, you know, over time. So it's just, it's, there are lots of copies out there that are like in the, uh, you know, like the six and a half, seven range. You Mm -hmm. know, where like the black, the black is faded into sort of like a gray. 
It's right. you want one that really presents well and presents in like in like the true black. It's just hard to find, you know. It's just- that, that's the same thing with uh, amazing. Um, don't want the Sandman cover. It's it's mostly black. Mm-hmm. It, it's real. Or it's like pre issue twenty. Yeah. I, I forget the name of it, David. What what what, what issue number is that? Yeah, but I mean, I have it, but it's nowhere near mint. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that the um, another one of the first appearances that really isn't that pricey that I, I that I well, I should say it shouldn't be that pricey, but is is uh, Avengers fifty seven, first appearance of the Vision, and that's because mm-hmm. again, same thing that that cover, it's all red. It's the Vision's face, you know, red face. Oh, like, right, right, right. It's an all red yeah. cover, and it's just very, very hard to keep, you know, to keep that presenting presenting well. I don't even think all red was born then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But now that's a book, by the way, for collectors out there. If you do want to to get that book, and you've been waiting, I would get it now because, uh, at least by all the accounts we've seen, the Vision's going to be in the new Avengers movie. So, um, judging by he was in the first Avengers movie too, only in a different form. Oh, fair enough. But 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 uh, <laughs> these these guys, the the prices just just go crazy. I mean, um, you know, I mean, again, the, the the Guardians guys of all. I mean, you, you the, the 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 Guardians appearances, whatever they are right now, are I'd say are up fivefold in the last two years. Yeah. Um, and then same thing. I mean, that you know, I Falcon's another character I love, and I actually own a, a nice copy of of that first appearance. But but he, uh, you know, that same thing. I mean, that's that's up threefold in the last you know probably eighteen months since they announced him as a character in the Captain America movie. So, uh, you Vision lovers, if if you're gonna if you're in the market for a first first appearance, now's the time. Cool. And there's your five minute corner of, of, of first issue, first appearance collector's uh, corner. <laughs> it's a fact. First appearance collector. I love for Nice. Love them. Acronym, acronyms are the best. Yeah. Love them. True. What like are we drinking? Why don't you start us off? I am drinking some beer for a change. What? Yeah, Chris wouldn't be here when you drink it. I'm drinking <laughs> Sam Adams uh, October Oktoberfest. Love it. Yeah, I got some beer. Wow. I your body was a temple. It, I, it, it is, but it's been it's, it's a been a long that eats, you know, hot dogs and fucking <laughs> yeah. it's been, been a long long seven weeks. It has so, been, yeah, yeah. So I figure I would kick back with some cool. Sam. Yeah, it was Sam. Sam likes Gamgee. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking. It's I am drinking some gnarly head, and I decided to give their Malbec a try, and it is pretty damn tasty. Nice. nice. David didn't even react to the fact that I pulled the niece and called him Dave. It, you did. You did. I, yeah, but I was I, doing that to, in honor of Chris because he did that. How many times? What like was that enough like, times to kill the episode and never make yeah, it? Yeah, it pretty much did kill the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably his poorest decision in a long time. But I, long I time. just I figured I I I was I was going easy on you since you know you're not home and I'm like, listen, if you can't struggle to make it through the end of my name, I'll just I'll I'll, I'll give you a second. No, I was so, doing it on purpose. I know, I know you were. Um, but <laughs> anyway. I never, I think that's probably the first time ever I called you Dave, even in I Jack. think, I think you did. I think you're right. Because, and you know, uh, I think I've told you this before. My, first appearance. My, my, the, the senior partner at my firm is also named David, and he, like you, despises Dave. So we'll be at a business meeting, 
and you know, which is fairly, you know, it's fairly, it's a common mistake, right? I mean, if someone doesn't know you personally, right, to refer to you, you know, if they first meet you, and, and it happens, I'd say one out of the three meetings that we have, and I can always tell that inside he's just cringing, it's, but you know, he, he has to brush it off because I mean, they don't mean anything by it, right, right, and it's, and I'll, I'll, well, we'll, I'll, I'll let you say what you're drinking. Uh, well, I mean, I'm in a hotel, uh, chilling for business, so I am drinking Diet Coke. So wow. I'm pulling Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, pulling Nothing events. wrong with that. My 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 thing is, and and for anybody who's newish to the show, um, it's my even my parents. My parents will not shorten my name. It's what they named me. It's what's on my birth certificate. It's what I was. It's what I was born with. So that is my name. And it's if if I take the time to just introduce myself as that, it shouldn't be up to you. <laughs> to want to shorten my name. I don't know you well enough for, you know, and I didn't, if I didn't introduce I don't know you, you. <laughs> seriously, but, but it's, it's, um, and I know since you finally, you did finish the third season of Sherlock, right? Yes. And when they were having Christmas uh, on, uh, at Christmas, when they were at, yes. at, at the parents' house and, and his mother called him Mikey and he basically, I says that, that, that's going to be my reply from now on. It's like, my name is Mycroft. Could you at least please try to struggle through the end of it? And, and that is, <laughs> that's basically going to be my reply from now on. It's like, dude, I don't know why you felt the need. It's a completely different person. I know people who just go by Dave or who refer to themselves as Dave or introduce themselves that way. Sure. I didn't. So, but no, I, so, so at least, you know, I, I know your boss is, is, is good people. <laughs> there you go. Now, now, I mean, whereas someone like Vince introduces himself as Vince. Right. I would never say to him, I would never call him Vincent. I, right. I, I would constantly call him Vincenzo sometimes. I, I'm not one. Yeah. N- not to right, but yes, comment on uh, anything. That, I really don't right. care. You know, I, people call me Vinny. makes me feel yeah, I guess, nine years old, I guess, uh, which is good. I totally get where you're care. coming from, David, but I'm more in the Vince camp in the sense that sure. I don't think I was ever given a choice. Like, I would say more people – in my life, call me Wood, right? Call me Jason, and then Even like on Twitter, you go by Jay. Or, or yeah, a lot of people call me Jay that don't know me that well. And then like my father and my wife call me Jace. Okay, but almost no Ooh. one else in the world does. Right. Um, yeah. To the point where I don't, I don't mind if other people call me that, but they never do. But when they do, it's so unusual that it catch. I, I'm like, oh. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, so I kind of, I mean, I'll go by anything. And people will shout down the hall or something and say Dave, and I, I honestly do not think that they are talking about me. Or they're trying <laughs> to get my attention. It's just it doesn't register. And 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 for someone to, you know, I I don't I don't understand what it is that you know. I mean, it, it it's fine. Oh, you know, I thought we we're friends, or I was just trying to be cool. You know, I, that that's fine. Or you want to be informal, but I don't. If 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 I sign, that's the other thing. If I sign my goddamn emails as David, why would you write back? Hey Dave, thanks for the reply. And it's like I it's like, <laughs> just no, you it's off. like I don't. I've had I've had I've had users at work call me and say, "Hey, is this Dave Price? You mean David?" Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, oh, oh no, oh, I, I'm 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 a dick. Yeah, no, fuck you. You you're gonna you're gonna fuck you mangle my name. Yeah, you can't you can't spell out another you can't you can't spit out another syllable. I hope we're going to start off with, with, with the one that you absolutely dropped the ball on last week. Oh, shit. I, I didn't drop any balls. No, 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 no. 
no, no, no. <laughs> How many? Let's do a tally. How many weeks? Both myself and Mr. Neesman in tandem talked about this book. This will be the third time in February, right now, that we talked about this book. Oh, so he I didn't got, read it yet. Well, that's all right. We could say what we've said every time. It's good. It's pretty. It's No, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And, uh, Jason, what are we talking about here? We are talking about Image Comics Undertow Number 1, which came out last week, written by Mr. Steve Orlando with... As Vince has said three times now, uh, unbelievable art from Mr. Ardium Trukhanov. Yes, words cannot do justice to this art. No matter how we try and 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 uh, you know slather the the appellations on here, you, it, you're just not going to come close to just how beautiful this artwork is. It's a, it's amazing, and um, it to it it's in the image zone, but to me it does not really look like an image book it looks very european to me and i've gone over it at least four times probably more than that and and i find the the thing about it that that has lit a fire under me is the color i I think the color is very risky there there are some risky combinations in here that really paid off like the the i don't know what page it is but uh when they hit land and and they're in the tall grass and they're creeping up on the humans. Look at the colors on that page. That's astounding color work. Every panel works in in tandem with all the other panels, and it they work singularly. This thing is like electric. It, to it me. really does remind me of Raketo. Me, yeah. I, I just, Chris said that too. Right. I'm just maybe with the color a little bit, but. The, well, the, the art style not the same, but just I yeah. mean the layout, the way the, the way it looks, the way and it's and it's 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 also a, a rare instance for me where I'm actually I'm I'm not put off or as I'd sometimes say offended by the lack of panel outline. It absolutely works because the pages, the back, the the, the gutters are so stark white. But that, see that then that is a panel outline. Yes, but it's not outlined in black like we're like I'm accustomed to. Okay. The colors it just ends like 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 you know on that one when when you have panels that are just in yellow and and you're you know the birds are in the sky. Yeah, you <laughs> see the yellow and 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 there's the white of the page, but it's still not outlined in black like so many of the comics I read growing up were. Another thing I, I absolutely adore is the obviously hand-lettered sound effects. Yes. They're, they're not from a can. They're not from a, a type foundry. That makes it look so independent. That, that's right on the page. Or if it's not, it's on a layer in Photoshop. Either way, it's hand, hand-lettered, and I love it. Uh, the, the sound effects in white on the color really pop. That's beautiful. Some of them are even ex- obscured, like in the... Bottom of the page after the uh, tall grass page where you see foom in the background and it's obscured a little bit by the purple. Exp- uh, exp- that's beautiful. That's a, It's just amazing. You know what it says. You know, I, I could just hear some of my professors, oh, some of the letters are obscured. Yeah, so what? You can still read it. You know what it says and it works. That's all that matters, right? No, I love this book. Uh, it's just the, 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 the art style is just a, a, a mash of so many, I see, I still 
I see Villagran on some pages. I see Murphy. I see, uh, there's just uh, Tom Sutton. I see so many different mm. styles. Yeah, going yeah I see Sutton. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like right. that. Yep. It's, yep, it's insane. Exactly. Oh, oh, uh, Brereton. Hmm. Yeah, he's got, he's got Dan's color sense. Yeah. It, it's, um, we're just looking. You're right. Different scenes have different palettes, color palettes. Um, it feels like it goes on forever. And then it does. And then they abruptly shift. And then you, you'll get some panels, some pages that are obviously more color heavy than others. And then you'll get, uh, a, a string of pages that are more traditional black and black line art with, you know, not flat color, but not as vibrant color, uh, as, as some other pages, like the one, um, page where, um, and Shargo is just thinking in his little, his little, room there and it's just it's and I, lo- I love the footnotes work, I guess. With, with 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 the translations yeah it's an old school book in a way yeah. I, this it, it feels like epic illustrated when i yes and when i think yeah, about you know um um like uh dead body road or black science or um or anything or umbral or pretty deadly. Anything that image is putting out, this this completely feels unlike anything else they're doing right now. It doesn't feel like Saga. It doesn't feel like East of West. It doesn't feel like any of the new right. stuff. It doesn't feel like any of the stuff they've been doing for the past couple of years. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. And um, see, here's the thing. And and I got taken a task by by Ron because last week was the week it came out, and I didn't talk about oh, it because it. I've been mm-hmm. raving about it. And I jumped the gun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, was graciously provided a preview copy a couple weeks before it came out, and I just hit the roof when I saw it. I read it, I was like, Ron, this is, well, I, even before I said Ron, I put preview images up on our website, on, on the forum. And that's, you can't do that before the book ships, because that's the standard image, um, you know, clause, don't be, spreading this stuff around this is just to get your wet your whistle and get you you know ready to talk about it and so i wanted to talk about i was all fired up to talk about it the week i read it and you know so i said yeah just wait till it comes out okay i'll wait till it comes out so the week after that chris was going on a little bit about it so i joined him and then i kind of dropped the ball the week it came out Mm -hmm. because i talked about it two weeks in a row you know you got to hit me where when i read things because i'm old and i forget stuff and and I want the, the dude, uh, this RDM dude. Uh, apparently, his his claim to fame prior to this was a long running web comic uh, called Mad Blade. Ooh. But it's uh, it's in Russian. He's he's Russian, and so it's a Russian web comic. So uh, you can look at it, and it's gorgeous. But uh, unless you speak Russian or read Russian, you won't be able to read it. Uh, well, if 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 Ron and and the company are as much on the ball as I uh, think they are, they'll scoop that up and bring it over to Image if they can. Get it translated and publish it at Image. Why not? Uh, yeah, maybe that's a good point. The the URL for those that are interested is blade b l a y d e dot org. So I'm on that. Yeah, on it like a b- bonnet. I mean, this dude definitely, especially you see it in this web series. I mean, he, he also would be a perfect fit for the Mignola verse. Uh, he would definitely fit right into that cast he of characters. Would. Yep, yep, yep. So. Yeah. You haven't, I mean, because we were sort of embargoed when you first want to talk about it, we haven't really talked about what it's about though. <laughs> well, go ahead. 
Well, this is your baby. I mean, no, 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 it's not my. I want to spread the love. You've read it. Come on, you do justice to it. Okay. Well, it's um, it's it's a it's a one of those six. It's a six issue miniseries. Um, but it's I think it's again following this sort of idea where if it sells well enough, they'll make more more you know more uh, arcs. But it's an alternate Earth where the uh, undersea. First of all, that that there is such a there's an undersea. Uh, you know, species, the Atlanteans. And in this world, the Atlanteans, uh, have become the dominant, uh, species. Uh, they're, they're, they're the ones with the technology, with the big cities. They're the ones in the power. And, um, yeah, they've, they've far evolved. Um, whereas the land dwellers are still primarily, yeah, they're, they're still, still primitive. Magnan, yeah. Yeah. Savages. Yeah. And so we're taken to, you know, what would kind of flipping on, it's sort of almost like the flip side of, of Nemo in the sense that, you know, you're mm-hmm. being, they're, they're going on an adventure into uncharted territory, which means leaving the water and going above land, um, and, you know, and, and exploring. Um, and, uh, it's a crazy, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a crazy, uh, idea that I think is, uh, you know, it's, it's unique in a world where <laughs> it's hard to come up with a, with a unique, you know, twist on things these days. Um, but uh yeah i i definitely uh this was not a book that i i didn't i don't think i was you know the image does a lot of pr and and we're pretty plugged into that whole scene and and i there are definitely books um and we've talked about a bunch of them that i, I definitely was like eagerly anticipating when they were coming out and i don't remember hearing much about this one at all Same um until it you know until it kind of came into our inboxes and uh and yeah. uh and i'm you know this is the this is the kind of book that i think always keeps image in the running, if not the winner, each year when we do our favorite publishers, because mm-hmm. you know, You're right. again, like as much as I'm totally geeked for Southern Bastards and and Black Science and and all those things, you know, there's a little bit of a known entity there in the sense that you know, part of the excitement is already knowing that the qu- creators are of such a high quality. But it's 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 a book like this that is wholly satisfying, and it's coming from two creators that I don't know well at all. That really gets me excited because it makes me wonder what are these what else have these guys got in store for us. <laughs> You know. yeah. It's in the it's in the zone of the great pulp heroes like like Doc Savage and um, uh, the Spider. You know, it's it, it has that that um, open ended kind of anything goes air to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you throw a nautical theme in a book. I don't know what it is about the sea. Um, maybe it's just the color palette usually associated with the sea. I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it, but I, I gravitate towards the, uh, the nautical. Um, and this is just, uh, come on, HP Lovecraft, right? This is in that, that, uh, realm. Um, you, you have a group of people who, uh, are told they've been lied to. This, this existence is not so idyllic. Um, we're gonna help you out. Let's get out of here. And it's uh, literally fish out of water. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> See that? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's just fantastic. The first issue just completely. When I saw the preview pages in the the the, the diamond catalog, I was like, oh my god, because they're they're so different. They in to stand out among the offerings of a publisher that stands out just by its you know the very nature. Like image books are very unique in the sense that there there's a there's that image style that they've they they kind of cultivate, which is uh, no set style. It's just there's stuff all over the place, and this stood out among that 
type of atmosphere. So it's really different. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's really exciting. I just hope it does, um, well and we get more arcs. And it, like you said, I would love to see the, the Hellboy, uh, BPRD formula applied to this mm-hmm. where we get, you know, uh, different, uh, four, five issue miniseries every so often. Like, um, um, what's the other series that's doing that at Image? Um, Witch Doctor. How that's not an ongoing. We're just going to keep being thrown these these mini series and one shots. That's great. And and sixty eight, same thing with that. They 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 do one shots and little tiny short runs. If that's the way you have to do it, then then great. Just keep giving us more stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Speaking of BPRD, uh, um, I know David hasn't read past the first um, the first Plague of Frogs volume. Plague of Frogs. Yeah. Uh, Jason, are you? relatively caught up on BPRD? I wouldn't say caught up. Um, I mean, I've read a big chunk of it, but I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I don't, there's so many volumes. I, I own them. I buy them as they come out, but I don't, I don't know how many behind okay. I am. Well, I, I won't, but it's interesting spoil. that you want to talk about it because I want to talk about a BPRD book, book tonight too, but it's oh, one I read yeah. out of, I read this one out of continuity for, for reasons I think I can justify. Well, well that's cool. Let's see if it, um, segs with what i read uh just to set the 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 stage for this 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 weekend i was lucky enough to be in providence rhode island my wife had something going on Uh, yes that's right and uh so we we uh we stayed at um the the home of someone in in providence and providence is notable not because of not only because of the Fort Thunder guys, but it is the final resting place of my absolute favorite horror uh, author. I think the the best there ever was or will be, kind of like the Beatles of horror. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft is buried in in Swan Point Cemetery in Providence, Rhode Island. So I had to go, right? Of course. Yeah. Uh, I, I visited uh, his gravesite, um, and it was fate because someone who. Uh, was there before myself left a vinyl octopus mm. on the top of the gravestone. Nice. And even more to the point, there was a button, uh, a pinback button stuck to it of a brain. So it, obviously a fan of H.P. Lovecraft. And um, so uh, not to have the groundskeeper chuck it away, it kind of followed me home. But but anyway. I know. I'm like I looted I looted from HP Lovecraft. Only you. Come on, it was it was fake. I had it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh and and someone uh else had left little tiny seashells. A pat a path of seashells uh at the gravesite. There was a pentagram there. Whatever. Um, just, you, you could tell that it was, it was, it's a high traffic area. And, and so in the shadow of, uh, Innsmouth, so, so to speak, I indulged myself in a ton of BPRD. And what better place, right? Absolutely. Than HP Lovecraft country. I read issues 87 to 116. Wait, what? Now that, yeah, 87 to 116. That comprises the long death. The Pickens County Horror, uh, Devil's Engine, Transformation of J.H. O'Donnell, Exorcism, Return of the Master, Abyss of Time, A Cold Day in Hell, Wasteland, Lake of Fire, 
and the currently running Reign of the Black Flame, which is, I believe, two issues in of a five-issue miniseries. So I got to say, um, th- th- they titled it uh, appropriately, Hell on Earth. Uh, the uh, the underworld is is spewing onto the surface, and the the, the planet is not in good shape. It's it's a world away from the the frog storyline where you had the BPRD doing doing their very best to to staunch all these supernatural uh, paranormal events, but they were still kind of working clandestinely behind the scenes and the shadows. Like the general population had really had no idea that this stuff was going on, whereas in Hell on Earth. Everyone knows. You, you can't help but know when, when you have uh, legions of hell spewing from these like gaping wounds right. in the earth, these giant uh, cat-eared albino monstrosities, skyscraper-sized behemoths just vomiting this toxic crimson halitosis into the air that when you breathe it, you turn into these uh, a misshapen, kill-crazy, you know, abomination you have vampires all over the place demonic possession um some characters are reborn we we see new characters uh this prehistoric berserker warrior is is uh rebirth reborn into the 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 body of a bprd agent there's this gigantic thing in the sea um around uh new york city just destroying ships and planes something else comes back because i'm going to be nice because jason hasn't read it mm-hmm. but um i mean this doesn't even begin to sc- scratch the surface of everything that's going on it, it is mm-hmm. it's hell on earth and and we're shown this this dark supernatural stew of capital e evil i mean it's it's the end times according to many people and this is the thing that that got me, and I, and I tweeted this. There's something very conspicuously absent from this entire series, and it's not just Hellboy. Um, where's the other team? Where where are the forces of light? Where where's the heavenly host? Where are the angels? And and where's God in all in all this? Is nobody upstairs paying attention? Mm-hmm. You 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 have demons, and and the the whole hierarchy of hell in, in Hellboy in Hell. Uh, Hellboy's brothers, um, you have lesser demons and these, these little demonlings that, that are just like slave workers. Where, where are the, the, the beings of, of light? You, you don't see them. They're nowhere. Why do you think that is? Hmm. There, there's, it's not balanced at all. It's I'm just, assuming, yeah, I was gonna it, say, I'm assuming Mignola doesn't believe that, uh. Well, I mean, if you have the dark, you have to have the light. If you believe in the Judeo-Christian version of hell, mm-hmm. it just can't exist on its own. There's a reason why it exists is because the fallen. Where did where did those original angel come come devils come from? It, and it's just there. It's lopsided. Uh, and I'm thinking that that is uh, probably done by design, right? Do you, do you think there's going to be some? Some mass appearance towards the end of this thing where the, you know, the forces of, 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 I don't want to say heaven, let's just say light come down and, and help out because it's all, well, the humans, the humans are just left to their own devices. Why would you all. assume in this world that would be the case? We've never seen any indication of that stuff. 
Exactly. But we've seen plenty of indication that, that the devil, uh, does exist. Um, oh, I see what de- you're saying. You're saying that we, the, the whole premise of the manual verse is that hell exists, hence Hellboy. And right. Right. You can't so inherently hap- believe in that without they're also believing that there's a, 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 a counterpart. Right. You oh, can't that's have. True. The- you know, I had never thought of it, so. Yeah. Hmm. It's just Although strange. He's written a lot of fucking comics without introducing that concept, so. I know, and and I I hope he he maybe he sees it as a, a Deus Ex uh, Machina that uh, it's too easy to do right. that. Let let's have the humans. I think fight, I would agree uh, with think, him just again based on the fact that he's never introduced those concepts. So. Yeah. So you have humanity struggling to cope with the legions of hell, and and it's. It it really boggles my mind just how good these these BPRD comics are. The each each one be, better than the the one before it. And uh, when you have someone like um, Jason Latour on art, uh, Cameron Stewart, Tyler Crook, uh, that Max F- uh, Fumara, mm. who else is draw Peter uh, Snayberg is on here. Um, more Tyler Cook. Uh, but the the one that really um, perks my uh, just my eyes just explode with love is this James Heron guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, is he fantastic? Uh, he did the Long Death. Uh, let's see, I have a list here. I'm making an extended uh, list uh, with notes and annotations because I want to figure BPRD out. I want to know what's going on. So what I did was I broke it all down. I made notes for every story. I'm not going to go into all of them. That's just crazy. Uh, Dave Heron also did The Abyss of Time. And he did the most current, I believe, uh, The uh, Reign of the Black Flame. Uh, the, the guy's work is just astounding. In The Long Death, you have Johan is on a mission of revenge to uh, put an end to Captain Daimio. Remember him? Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he now, uh, has the ability to transform into a were jaguar, is it? And, uh, Johan wants closure. He wants revenge for all the, the, uh, the people, uh, Daimyo killed and just being one of the BPRD and going rogue like this and being a murderous bastard. But part of the guy can't really control it. Well, remember, it. Johan was, uh, given sort of a second lease on life that, unfortunately, Right. Didn't last right. very long, so. Yeah. But, um, so you have, uh, Daimio with his, his new ability to transform. And I'll tell you, this James Heron just kills it. There, there's a scene in there where, um, Johan finally encounters, uh, Daimio. You've read this, Jason? No. Ah! No, dude, it's fine. I, I'm, dude, I'm years behind. I, I read this in, 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 in bulk and it's, it's not, uh, I mean. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, the Wear Jaguar is, uh, apparently, uh, firearms have no effect on them. You could empty your clip with no, it doesn't matter the caliber of, of bullet, it's not gonna hurt him. And he just shreds, uh, a ton of BPRD, uh, agents, uh, blood everywhere, entrails, it's really gruesome. And so, Johan has this, this, uh, magical artifact that he thinks is gonna put an end to Daimyo. And it does the trick. Unfortunately, Daimio pulled it out. And, uh, so Johan now has no weapon to fight him. He uses his, uh, mojo to reanimate a lot of the dead. And it just so happens that, uh, one of the, uh, 
victims in this whole uh, throwdown was a, a, a moose. So, so yeah, you get this you get this were jaguar fighting a moose. It, it's unbelievable. And somebody else shows up to uh, kind of help out. Um, I won't be uh, specific, but let's just say he's white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so beautiful, so beautifully rendered. But this um another one of the really cool new characters and just so happens that he's introduced in another james heron story uh the heliopic brotherhood of raw the 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 agents are on a mission in chicago and they find this um this safe house loaded with artifacts And, and one of the agents his name's Hudson, just so happens to grab the sword, thinks it's cool. It's like, whoa, look at this. This sword's cool. And we get this, uh, what can only be described as a consciousness shift where the sword was once owned by this uh, prehistoric man named Gal Denar, who, whose father was the uh, the tribal chieftain, and he died at the hands of the... the uh, legions of of hell and uh so galdenar picked up the cause and this bprd agent finds his mind transported back in time well it's not really specific i don't i don't know if it's i'm not particularly sure that it's back in time or into the future but i'm leaning more towards back in time mm-hmm. um so so the consciousness of this 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 prehistoric warrior and and uh everything he's done is now in the body of a BPRD um agent who is a force to be reckoned with. I mean this guy's a berserker. You think Wolverine is crazy. You should see what this guy can do with a sword. He just shreds um the 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 monsters. Just goes through them like like a, a hot knife through butter. Mm-hmm. And and there's shit flying everywhere and the the way um James Heron draws it, holy crap, Jason. I really wish you get to this one. Um it, that's in the Abyss of Time. I don't even think that's out in trade yet, is it? I, I don't know. I don't know. No. But it's a very important story because this this Hudson is uh, gonna be a, a um a player in BPRD, I'm guessing mm-hmm. for for a while because he's just so cool. It's like they they have their secret weapon now. There's there's one scene where um uh Carla she they're picking teams to go into uh New York City. This is later on. I think this is in uh Reign of the Black Flame. New York City's cut off. I mean, Chicago's a mess. All all the major cities are in a shambles, but they can't get a beat on New York City. Every every reconnaissance team they send in never comes back. <laughs> and there's um electronic communication not having it. It's just it's just this black hole. It it figures that New York City is the home of the what corporation? The Zinco Corporation, right? So there's that to contend with. And there's, you know, nasties running around all over the place. Um, so they send teams into New York City. And Carla really doesn't want um, our reincarnated uh, warrior in the body of Hudson with her. But uh, when the shit hits the fan, she's glad she has him because this guy is just like a – he's like a Tasmanian devil. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You got to read it. And uh just look at all the characters in BPRD. See, I, th- I think this is one of the mistakes. I mean, initially it wasn't a mistake. Mm-hmm. But one of the um not so great things that Mignola has done is he's focused on the BPRD 
agents so heavily to the point where Hellboy is like he's like an incidental character now. Like I I read Hell on Earth, um no, Hellboy in Hell, the five issues. Right. And He's nowhere near a compelling a character as some of the BPRD agents. I mean, all he does basically is he just reacts to things. He he's uh, he's in hell. I won't say why, and um, things are happening around him, and he's just basically like, it's like, oh crap, oh geez, didn't expect that. Wow, look at that. Oh, and even to the point where something happens in Hellboy in Hell, where he doesn't even remember it. He, he doesn't even remember himself doing it. And it's a big deal. It's, mm-hmm. it's a huge deal. And he, did, he has no idea that he did it until someone tells him. Um, so, so Hell, Hellboy's like, he's like a footnote in this whole thing now. And when, when you have the, the character after which all this stuff, uh, or from which all this stuff sprung, and he's like an afterthought, you need to, you know, devote more attention to, to your, your big gun. Do you feel the same way? Well, I mean, I'm in a really different place here because uh, I have never read any Hellboy, and I've only read BPRD. So uh. for me, Hellboy is uh, is sort of this um, like strange, you know, impetus character for this universe that I don't have much of a connection with. Uh. Um, you know, I own all the library editions. In fact, uh, our good buddy, Mr. Matt Burden. Um, challenged me through it on the gauntlet a week ago to start reading the library editions, uh, coincident with him so that we could kind of, you know, bounce back and forth. And, and I may do that because now I'm up to having six library editions and having never read one of them. But, but no, so I don't, so Hellboy's always been more of like, I've always looked at Hellboy more as the impact Hellboy has had on the BPRD characters than I have in terms of what he brings to the universe itself. So. Right. I have a much different well, perspective, probably than not just you, but most people that, that are readers of the Minolaverse. I'm sure very few people are largely re- caught up in, re- in, in timely with BPRD, but not Hellboy. Yeah. Well, and it's odd because the, the Minolaverse is not being driven by the main, well, what was the main character. I mean, he's, he's basically, um, he he reacts to things, whereas the BPRD agents participate in the events. That's the best way I can put it. Uh, Hellboy, he's thrown into hell, and he's just an observer. He's Hellboy is like us in, in this series. I mean, we're we're we're, we're viewing this stuff from from an, an outside perspective, not being flat, you mm-hmm. know, or line art. But uh, Hellboy is just like looking around, and then he's he's like a pawn. He's just being pushed over here by Mignola. Okay, we'll have this happen to him and then we'll push him over here and something else will happen to him whereas like liz sherman i mean she's she she takes the bull by the horns i mean she makes things happen she she's she's found under tons of rubble and she works herself back to the point where she can finally start getting a handle back on her fire starting powers you know mm-hmm. or, or or you have johan who takes an active role in things and uh, you know um Carla and and Phoenix and and even Abe, They're, Abe is on a like a, a sort of a vision quest after being shot. He 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 just lost like like uh, David said he lost his smile mm-hmm. and he, you know he's trying to make sense of this whole mess. But at least he's instigating events, whereas Hellboy sure, sure. is just he's like he's like a pincushion where Mignola is just sticking him with all this this these these little incidental things mm-hmm. and it's, he's not he's not the big deal anymore, and that's kind of weird. 
You know, there's no BPRD movies, right? There's Hellboy movies. It's just Hellboy cartoons and Hellboy merchandise. And it's just strange that he's no longer um, the leading role. Yeah. It, it just, but, I mean, I'm not complaining because what I've read was, oh, even Hellboy in Hell is is really good. It's just mostly due to the art. I mean, it's Mignola drawing. When you, anytime you get that, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, And it's so much different. Than all the Hellboy stuff that's come before. This is Hellboy and Hell is really uh, outside of everything you've come to know. Uh, I've gotten the vibe again, having not read any of it. I've gotten the vibe from a lot of folk that are seemingly big time Hellboy Mignola verse aficionados. That for some of them, I'm getting the vibe that the Hellboy and Hell is kind of equivalent to like um the you know the end of 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 the first fable town story like for fable like where they they kind of feel like ah maybe you know maybe I've had enough oh boy like maybe okay I, again I haven't read it so I'm saying like are you, but you don't you haven't gotten that vibe no I I no I don't think so because it sets up a lot of stuff to okay. come um mostly having to do with the hand uh it I mean it's finally explicitly revealed what that hand is for Mm -hmm. and uh, it just so happens due to the events in the story that it's pretty much useless now so not only is um mignola's signature character no longer you know not so unique he's really not all that special now Mm -hmm. because the, the the reason why he his his um intended uh, fate or the role he was supposed to play in, in relation to that place he came from no longer holds sway. It doesn't matter. You know, so it, 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 he's useless. Mm-hmm. It, according to hell. I mean, he's still, uh, an entity unto himself and, and could go on adventures and stuff. And we can still enjoy Hellboy stories, I'm sure, but that, that, that reason for Hellboy being is no longer, it no longer matters. So, I mean, I wish I could tell you, but it, it, that would ruin a lot of it. I got you. So, no, it's it's cool. Um, I I don't think it would have been as cool if the art wasn't as spectacular as it mm-hmm. is. You know, um, Mignola has crafted a, a pretty unique damn style, and it, it's just so gratifying to see it, mm-hmm. no matter what the the context. I mean. Man, it's just so dark and creepy, and and um, he works wonders with very little. Um, I, I love his artwork, and yeah, I I really wish I could flesh it out more for you, but it's it's not BPRD. Okay, so that's saying something. The 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 the, the spinoff has become the, the driving force for me. I mean, it's amazing. I I can't say Hellboy in Hell is amazing. Uh, aside from the art, it, 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 you know, the story's, storyline's fun. If you can call it that. It's, it's interesting. Whereas, uh, BPRD is like, holy crap, look at this. Mm-hmm. This is so complex and you have so many things crossing over and so many mysteries left to unearth and, um, uh, you know, Kate Corrigan, uh, and, uh, this, this Phoenix, or Phoenix character, I like her a lot. And, and, and Bruiser the dog. David's gonna love it when he gets to that point. Uh, she has a Rottweiler. 
And it, it's, uh, nah, it's a particularly cranky Rottweiler. Like no one likes it, but he loves her. She loves him. And, and there was one part where, uh, she's in a position where the, 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 uh, the creatures are, are throwing down and everybody's panicking and the dog just sticks right by her side. It's, it's really cool. Um, and this, this director, uh, Nacheko, the Russian guy, see, things are so bad now that, um, BPRD is, um, working uh with the united nations and they are teaming with the russian special sciences service and that's where nacheko comes in and uh remember um what's the little girl's name varvaria remember the little girl from from way back well she's not a little girl she's actually a, yeah, she's the head of the um, russian equivalent yeah, of the DPRD. yeah but she's actually a, a really powerful demon yeah that's i'm right but I'm, that's what you're talking about right yeah well, he, uh, let's just say has her under his thumb. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And, uh, so, so, I mean, the dude is, is, uh, duplicitous, but he's also kind of working for the forces of light too, but he's not squeaky clean. I love that. And he so much reminds me of the Frankenstein monster that, uh, it's just, it's a perfect, um, marriage of, of visuals and, and, uh, and tone, but, I, I can't say enough about BPRD. I, I absolutely enjoyed every single panel of this damn thing. The, some, you know, arcs are not, well, I, I don't want to say some. One arc is not, it's like that one of these things is not like the other in terms of the art. Right. Uh, what are you going to do? But uh, the story is still great. Um, but yeah, it's just so gratifying to read this stuff. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm trying to read it as it comes out now because I can't let this happen again. What, what did I read? 85, uh, let's see, 87 to 116. Do the math. That's a lot of issues at one time. It is. So I don't, yeah, and, and I tried to, 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 the reason why I took notes while I was reading this was because it was a lot of issues and there was so much going on that I didn't want to miss anything. Uh, and I, I don't think I did. So maybe I'll do something with this one of these days. Uh, like just throw it up on the, on the forum. Where is it, David? Forum. Doppelpinboltenspodcast.com. Word. Yeah. Uh, one more thing before I shut my mouth. Dave Stewart, you know, a, a lot has been said about this man's work, and for good reason. Sure. Uh, I, I think it, it bears repeating, though. He's a force to be reckoned with. So, subtle, delicate, but there's there's like a spontaneity and, and a liveliness to his color where um, upon close inspection, he'll throw... Uh, like say he'll have like a, a a little area with like rusty browns and 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 um, rusty trombones and rusty trump you know rusty earthy ochres and reds and and oranges but there'll be a little tiny purple i mean you have to almost look for it but he'll just throw in a little zinger in there and and that just like it is so alive his color work uh makes me feel bad for not not throwing him the bone for colors to the year, but so what? He's still great. Now I have eleven rockets in my head. Why? So alive. So alive. Nah. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, you're. I mean, I gotta piggyback off because the thing I wanted to talk about tonight was BPRD Vampire. Oh yeah, that's the um, the the um. Who drew that? The brothers. Drew the that, brothers, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's co-written. It's it's credited three writers: Mike Mignola, Gabriel Ba, and Fabio Moon. And uh, Ba and Moon do the artwork, and uh, the incomparable and omnipresent Mister Stewart does the colors as usual. Um, 
but yeah, I, as I mentioned, I, I jumped into this, really wanted to read it because I, um, I'm such a huge fan of Bon Moon, and it had been a while since I had seen their work, uh, that's true. New. So I jumped into this trade, even though I'm, mention, as I mentioned, a, a number of trades behind the BPRD. Um, this takes place shortly after the events of BPRD 1948. And I've read 46 and 47. I haven't gotten to 48 yet. So, um, but, but that said, I, I really didn't feel like I missed out. I mean, essentially, from what I gather, I mean, there, there's the, 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 what I missed was the setup that leads to the protagonist in this book going on the mission that he goes on. Um, but I mean, they established that, or I should say reestablished that pretty quickly of, uh, you know, in the, um, in, in the beginning of the, of the miniseries. So it's not like you, you needed to have read the other stuff. Um, to, for it to really matter. Um, so it's, it's basically, uh, one of the agents of BPRD in the events of, of 1948, um, is inhabited by the spirits of two dead, very powerful vampires. And, um, he's having trouble dealing with having those, those spirits within him. Um, and he decides to, to pull a blade and, uh, leave BPRD and go and try and hunt down the vampires across the world and kill them. And, uh, you know, like a Van Helsing kind of thing. Uh, and cool. it's, it's, he, you know, he, he, he uses some detective work to try and figure out where the, the main coven, you know, may be sort of the, I guess, patient zero, if you will. And he goes to where he thinks that would be. And he comes across, uh, a, a bunch of vampires. I'm not going to say whether he, he finds what he's looking for, but, uh, but, and, and, and mayhem ensues, but he, He's more Blade than Van Helsing in the sense that, you know, what, what made Blade interesting is that, you know, he is in fact always fighting off being a vampire himself. And he uses that to his advantage because he's a lot of the, he's a lot of the abilities of a vampire, which allows him to sort of hold his own against them. But it's also very difficult for him to maintain his humanity. It's the same thing with, 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 uh, with Cable. <laughs> yes, with Cable. <laughs> Although that's not the, but I'm talking about the main character of this book. Um, but, but as he's trying to enact revenge, he is finding himself being – it's difficult for him not to succumb to the same uh, pull of being a vampire himself. Right. And uh, – uh, but it's awesome and, and basically it ties in – the one thing that Mignola does that's really cool is he ties in like classic mythology and horror oh, yeah. tropes into his world. And mm-hmm. so he, he – and I don't know again if this was introduced in – one of the volumes of BPRD that I haven't read yet, or this was where he first introduces it, but he, he, he basically tries to come up with the concept that the, uh, the, the Greek goddess Hecate, Hecate, but Hecate, um, is, is actually, uh, who also can be known as Medusa, um, at, at times, is, is actually the sort of mother of all, of all the vampires. Right. And, right. uh, and, and, you know, um, you said something, Vince, uh, about, uh, you know, the story was good and all that, but, but the art, you know, makes it special. And yep. I really think that's the takeaway for the majority of, of, of the Mignola stuff. Um, yep. I agree. And I think again, one of Mignola, what he deserves immense credit for in as much as creating this universe, I think he deserves as much credit for the creation as he does for being the, uh, the program director, the editor. You know, yeah. Well, don't forget Scott Alley too. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, maybe Scott yeah, Alley. Yeah, sure. But those two finding creators that are gonna tell fantastic stories and be their own visually, but at the same time fit like a perfect glove into the aesthetic that that 
that Mignola has created. And, and Bon Moon are no different. You know, I mean, they're, they're masterful storytellers. And, uh, I think their sort of approach to cartooning, um, really works well with this story because there's a lot of dream sequencing and ethereal stuff and ghosts and, right, uh, transposition. Right. And, and I think that, you know, that's an area that their, their sort of line work, I think, lends itself to kind of almost like a dreamy, you know, very feathery type of, uh, almost, uh, not, what's the opposite of, uh, solid, um, uh, Wis- wispy, yeah, ethereal, like, like that. ethereal, ethereal. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, that, and and I think they're great at that, you know. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, it was terrific. And I don't know for you know, like like with many things. I mean, we could certainly get a lot more of these characters down the road. I don't know if we are or not. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? To your point, I don't normally do this, but uh, I'm going to springboard off something you just said about the art being so great and uh, right. Uh, the Mignola verse, how they carefully pick these, these, these artists, these creative teams. And I'm going to call this, this one out. The, 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 the arc that I didn't really care for the art. I mean, it's not bad, but it, it's not in, it doesn't work well in tandem with everything around it. And that's to my point and your point. The art in, in the BPR, in the, in the Mignola verse is so beautiful and so great that when you have one that's really not of the, the caliber of all the other um, works, it sticks out like a sore thumb, mm-hmm. and, and that was the Wasteland arc. It, it's it's not bad Who if, it, if Lawrence Campbell. I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah, and he, even even Dave Stewart did the color. Here. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't subpar, but in comparison to the rest of the Mignola verse, mm-hmm. that's the only description I could give it. Is subpar because it is subpar for everything else in the Mignola verse, right? Right. And it's just it's it's really dark and it's scratchy and um it it's 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 not a tour de force like a Cam Stewart or a Peter Snayberg or 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 James Heron or or even Mignola himself. It's uh, t- Tyler Crook. It's not up there with with these greats. And you know I I I don't want to disparage the guy because he's talented. Mm-hmm. He's just he's not he's not up there. But another little vampirism from the Mignola verse. You were talking about Hecate. Did you know uh, where vampires in the United States came from as far as the Mignola verse goes? I, I guess I don't remember now. I don't. If I did know, I don't the, remember. The British aristocracy sent them over on ships oh, to cool. quell to quell the rebellion in the States. Wait, now uh, where did you learn that? That's in the Pickens County Horror. Okay. Yeah, and uh, slap myself again for ignoring Jason Latour. Oh my goodness, those, <laughs> my dog. those two those two issues are astoundingly well drawn. My Just amazing. The dude has an eye of a fashion illustrator. That's the best way I can put it. My dog. He he is so damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I was giddy after I read all this. I was like, oh my, because. I, I was up on Plague of Frogs like until a certain mm-hmm. point, and then I'm like, yeah, I'll get back to it. And every so often, I I, I gorge myself on BPRD, and I I I have to beat myself up because I, I why do I let it go? Mm-hmm. I should be reading this stuff as it comes out. Uh, and and Bob Gar was right. Can't read uh, it all, dude. No, no. If I had read this prior to um, the Eleven O'Clockers, my publisher of the year would have been a little bit harder. I probably still would have went with Image. But Dark Horse would have been in the running, mm-hmm, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Silly me. You are silly. Foolish old man. Well, no doubt. Yeah. 
Well, let's hear from David. David. Oh, man. I don't know. How the hell do I follow that? Why? We would just jump with you and ripping yo. That was amazing, yo. Well, see, I read, I read what I thought we were all going to read. Um, but I guess we all. Oh, Doug, he, did you see that? You could almost see the little point of the knife going. Yeah, right in the stomach. Well, because, yeah. because Vince is, cause I, I said to Vince earlier today on DM, I was like, yeah, I can't, he's all like, oh my God, you can't believe what I read and this, that, and the other. I'm like, Dude, I have no idea. You're right. You're right. You're right, Chris. <laughs> I, Sorry I have, I have no idea what I read since last week. So Vince is like, he throws out a title. And, and I did read that one actually. But then, oh, I, nice. but then I'm like, Oh, well then, what about Winter Soldier, The Bitter March? Yeah, because we did, well, I specifically said, let's read that for next week. Yeah. Which, oh, I thought yeah. you were talking about the nail. We could, no, I, I had that read for last week, but. Yeah. I know, and then I thought since I didn't read it, you, that's why I thought you were taking me to task. No. But well, I'm we taking did. all of you to task because you yeah. and Vince both said, yeah, let's read it for next week. And crickets. Yeah, so. I totally forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't so, I'm not, I'm yeah. not gonna talk about that. No, should, and, 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 no, no, no. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. For our, our no, list. no, because I want to, I, it is, because the things that I thought about leading up to, mm-hmm. like why it was called what it is, and, and, um, because it, it does take place in the 60s. Um, but it is, it's, it's a wicked, cool little story, and, and I don't, um, it, it it looks like it's going to be the Winter Soldier versus this one Shield agent, and and uh, and I'm dying to see how that plays out. And and I, I just I don't want to even really tease about it. And and I just I want you guys to read it. So we'll we'll talk about it once everybody. We we will definitely talk about it next week. But you alluded to a book we all read, um, and I just want to make sure Avengers World Number Three. Did we all read it? I did. Uh, oh, Jay, Jason, you're killing me. <laughs> you, oh, he's letting this all down across the board, dude. I got, oh, dude. I'm, it's, it's the tra- it's the work, it's the travel. You know, I can't. It's it's hard for me to. Okay, it's that's it's cool. No, but dude, but... I, my rule is unless I tell you, dude, I don't want you to spoil it. I don't care. You could spoil it. I have eight trillion things on my regime that I well, that I'm not gonna. Okay, you know. the the the. Uh, the mount of uh, Madripoor is finally revealed. I do have, I and, and regarding Avengers World, I have like I have I have I have one sort of beef with this particular issue, with the third issue, and and it's Why? And because it's and it's a it's oh it's, I thought it was so good. It is. Oh, it's it's a beautiful book. Actually, I have two I have two things to nitpick about. The first one is how it's. You know, you have the first page, you have the shield mission report, and it's a recap, which is great, but it focuses on the four, the four shield, the four Avengers assets that are in the field on this particular mission. And then even when you get to the main page with all the, with the roll call, it highlights these four characters. But aside from one panel where you see three of them, it's a goddamn Shang-Chi issue. Oh, of course it is, yeah. And, and, and the other, and, the other little nitpick, which really, it's visually appealing, but the double page spreads, they didn't feel like traditional double page spreads. There's, there's a uh, exactly, there's, which is why I was loving them. Yeah, but it's it was 
it, it's more like three quarter page spreads. It's with a with a strip. Yeah. It, it one page is a traditional panel, uh, sequential storytelling page, and the opposite page is basically Jason um, Shang Chi is is fighting the the big bad for this particular issue. Mm. Although you know who it is based on the first two issues. So it's, it's Shang Chi versus Gorgon, and um, Shang Chi is calling upon. Um, fallen warriors from the past. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and so it's, while he's doing it, you are, you're seeing the hero, the, the, the warriors, um, you're seeing like, like four or five panels of these warriors and, and why Shang-Chi is calling on them. Uh, so it's, it's one page of, of, of four or five sequential panels of that story. And then the next panel, the next page on the double page spread, it's just it's it's a one huge panel of Shang Chi attacking Gorgon. So it just it it was it's not a traditional double page spread like here's a dragon and and mm-hmm. it's so it's it was weird for me because the iPad now needs to turn ninety degrees and it's like and instead of it being a, a regular it could have been two separate pages basically but it's still it, it was neat. I mean I'd I'd hate to know how much. Um, Stefano Caselli is going to charge for these double page spreads if, mm-hmm. if they're actually on paper. But um, but I'm just going to be uh, devil's advocate. Don't you think it's more dramatic having the events linked? Whereas if oh if, absolutely, it was, yeah, if they were separate pages no. and you were turning pages, yeah, it, it, right. it, would, it would definitely lose its impact. Um, I mean, it, it absolutely worked, and and I'm sure, and and, and it's. I'm going to I'll blame Hickman for that because of his design sense and and it 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 was just unique. I it's not something I've seen too often when it comes to double page spreads. Yeah, but isn't that a a a comment you can apply to most Hickman books? Unique? Well, yeah, well that that's why yeah, I was focusing on the design sense aspect. But yes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um and in this case it worked. Unlike nightly news, but it it was a <laughs> dig it, dig. it was uh, it was it was it was a it was a cool issue. Uh, if you read the second issue and you got to that last page, um, you can forget about that for this particular uh, installment this month or, or or this week. But it's uh, it was um, I enjoyed the hell out of it because I mean you don't I don't it. <sighs> You know, I, I think of, of Gene Day and Mike Zack and, and that's who I still think of when I think of Shang-Chi in action. And it was nice to see him just, um, I really didn't read, um, what the hell was it? Uh, after, what was the Civil War? Not, um, not Daughters of the Dragon. What was the, um, Heroes for Hire? Heroes for Hire, thank you. Yeah. You know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't read that. And, and so I didn't, I didn't you know, I, I didn't. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, Billy Tucci, right? So it was, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't read a whole lot of Shang-Chi in recent years. So this was, it, this was a, a nice callback for me in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really don't think we need to see the Bruce Lee jumpsuit on, uh, on Shang-Chi anymore. I, I, I think the comparison is obvious. Just, mm-hmm. just, just mm-hmm. the way they, they have, you know, his haircut now and, and yeah, okay, it's Bruce Lee, but, uh, the thing that really got me about this issue was Shang-Chi goes in pretty confident that he's going to lose. Yeah. 
uh, he's doubting himself the entire time. I call upon my ancestors. I call upon this person for this technique and, and I'll, I'll muster the skills of this person for this technique. And after every time he goes, but it's not going to do me any good because I'm not going to win. Mm. And, and it, it's, it's, it's depressing. And, uh, Hickman finds a really nice way to, to slam this idea home where you have all these ancestors and their their noble attempts to uh overcome uh significant obstacles in their lives and at the end you'll see why uh, he used these people yeah because it's really well and done you'll see and and yeah well it's why he used them and then uh and then you see um i guess their fates yeah so yeah, which, it, it all it's <laughs> kind of mirror report, Shang Chi. <laughs> so no, it was great. Uh, but the thing that got me was Jason. Um, when we saw Madripoor rise out of the sea, mm-hmm. we're like, we're like, dude, Madripoor's on Godzilla's yes, head. Yes. <laughs> but it's not. It's 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 another kind of beast, which is cool yeah. because yeah, let's just say the city is a lot more mobile now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I wonder if um, I don't. I, it's, I don't know if that's Caselli who did the, uh, who did those flashbacks. No, there's two artists on that, I think. I didn't know that they're, they're not credited on the, uh, on the main page. It's, it's, it's Caselli and then the color artist, which there are about three of them, so, um. Oh, I, I don't have my issue here to check. It's, uh, hold on, let me bring up the page. It's, uh, okay, Hickman Spencer, Caselli, color artist, Frank Martin, with, Antonio Fabella and Edgar Delgado, uh, and then the, um, the letterer, then the covers, and yeah, so it doesn't say who, um, who did the flashbacks if somebody did. Yeah. But in just three issues, look at all that Hickman has given us. We got a mobile Madripoor. We got AIM Island, which is super cool. Yeah, Yellow Jacket. Um, yeah, yeah, and, um, a solo Shang-Chi issue. I, I just think this book is, is really kicking. So far, so good. I mean, I, I haven't read the first yeah. issue, but I, I love the first two. I mean, I'm, I'm yep. a Caselli fan since, uh, since the initiative and, 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 uh, and Secret Warriors. So, I mean, I'm, I'm. What was the, the book he did, Re- Rejects? Back for, um, it was, I don't think it was, was it Devil's Due? Remember when oh, they did know. this? They did the series of four uh, titles. They released them all relatively around the same time. Ah, uh, damn. Infantry was one of them by Joe Casey. Uh, then there was, I believe Caselli's was Rejects. R-E-G-E-X or something like that. But that, even back then, I was like, dude, this guy's got chops. He does. He does. He does, yeah. Um, I read Wolverine and the X-Men, 40 and 41. Um, 40 was pretty cool because uh it was um it was basically the 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 last chapter of i don't know i think it was only two issues anyway but it was um these twins uh this brother and sister uh joined or or enrolled in the school in the gene gray school and um and they weren't what they appeared to be in more ways than one and uh and it was neat to see the students um, basically protect the school and and everything that um, it was it was 
and I still haven't read the early, early issues of this series, but it was, um, obviously they've learned from, from their teachers and, and it was, uh, it was nice to see. 41 was a little weird because that was almost like it was two stories that could have been used in a, um, in like the, uh, the divided We Stand anthologies. It was, um, you had, uh, there was Todd Nock artwork and, um, Pepe Larraz and, and it was, uh, it was basically, for the most part, a toad story, uh, with fallout from the Hellfire Saga arc. Um, and that was pretty cool and it also involved Husk and a couple of the Hellfire Club members, kids, students. Um, but it was, it, it, it felt like a weird issue, especially after, uh, after the, 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 the Savage Land story and the Hellfire Saga and, um, and Battle of the Atom, this issue just felt, it wasn't, I don't want to say, it, it, I don't want to call it a filler or fill an issue, but it was, it, it wasn't, um, it just kind of, it felt a little flat for me. It, 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 it was, mm-hmm. I guess it was needed because of, um, because of Toad's involvement. And you, Aaron can't just let it lie. So it, it, it was, it, it was a necessary issue. It just, after reading so many solid and, and, and serious issues in a row, um, this one, I guess, could have been a breather. It just, it, it wasn't as, um, as good as, as the previous issues for, for my money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other, I did actually before we recorded tonight, I read the second issue of the new Punisher series and the last page of this issue was pretty neat because it, it, uh, it does remind you that the Punisher is part of the Marvel universe, but he's, he's still in LA. It's still, um, He's still going after these, these drug dealers. The Helen Commandos are still after him. Um, the, uh, his new friend, the cop, is in the issue. Um, it, I love the setup of the first issue and this, this kind of kept that momentum going. So I, uh, I'm still, still digging the new Punisher two issues in, so I can't, uh, I can't say enough about that without, without really spoiling it. It was, it was, um. It, Just tell me Spider-Man doesn't show up. <laughs> Spider-Man does not show up. Good. Spidey Good. is in the new issue of Wolverine, Wolverine number two. Yes. I did not read that yet. Okay. I haven't read it. I just looked at the artwork. Uh, yeah. Not doing it for me. Who drew that? <laughs> hilarious Uh, well you know what it's probably uh, Ryan probably phoned it in and Mark Morales had to clean him up oh shoot oh shoot segment's ridiculous his his artwork is is just and his Instagram is all like hey here's another Wolverine headshot oh thanks bro thanks (laughs) you you can hear the cash register (sighs) every time he draws Wolverine well forget that dude Wolverine and Spidey on the same yeah. I know. They have bank. been, I mean, the past year, they have been paired up a lot. I mean, you had the, um, uh, Savage Wolverine, where mm-hmm. he, um, right. 
but uh, yeah, they they just they can't seem to shake each other. Do you see how much uh, the cover for Wolverine number one went for on uh, no. Cadence? Cadence? No. Wait, what? The, oh, oh um, yeah. Oh, you mean okay? Yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. That that's some nice nice bank. It is. <laughs> it's a beautiful cover too. It is. Yeah, uh, love the shadows. Excellent stuff. So now I have to put Stegman's name in the damn show notes. Ah, Ryan, Ryan, Stegman. That doesn't mean I have to put it in the. Uh, I have to tag it on the blog when 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 I when I post it, so <laughs> don't need to give him pages. It's true. Yeah, sorry for no show notes last week. Hey, I, I was uh, up with that, right? Yeah. It was- no, I know. I, as soon as, as soon as uh, David found out, man, I got a what a show note. Um, <laughs> Made my life by the time easier. I, by the time I got done editing the the episode, it was like two o'clock in the morning, and I, was, I just did not feel like doing them. Whereas other people like one thirty in the morning. You know, the wife pulled me out to do something. Yes, yeah, she did. No, 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 no. That would only have been three minutes mid. Mid edit, she she I had to go do something for her. So by the time I got back, <laughs> you're, it was not, you're not you're not helping. Dude, no case. other family like does Vince have to go do a chore at like one in the morning. I know. Dude, I swear they're they're vampires. They're the bonafolia. They are vampires. No, my yeah, it was like one o'clock last night. My son was still up. That is insane, oh dude. He he was in his bed with the iPad watching. I think it was the first WrestleMania. And he goes to me, Dad, who's this grandma in the ring? And I said, that's not a grandma. I said, it's Liberace. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> was oh, my God. It's awesome. I love the first WrestleMania. That 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 title match is what title just match? perfect. There was no title match. Well, you know what? The, the main, the main event. event. The Rock right, and Wrestling Connection. Yeah, yep. it was um, hell. I mean, it... it Paul Orndorff was like Adonis. Paul, Paul back then. Orndorff ruined his. Uh, he. What did he do? Ruined his body. Paul, Why? Because after WrestleMania, or even leading up to WrestleMania, Paul Orndorff versus Hulk Hogan was every house show across the country. So four, five, six times a week twice on Sundays, these two wrestled. And Orndorff's... Gotta hate Sunday. I want to say... (laughs) Maybe it was his left arm. One of Orndorff's arms was hurting. And if he stopped to get surgery and fix it, he would have left a lot of money on a table. So he kept working through. So if you ever see like Paul Paul Orndorff used to be a trainer at the WCW power plant. And if they, and when the camera was on him, you would see one of his arms was a lot smaller than the other one. Oh, yeah. really? So he, uh, he, he never recovered from that arm. And, and it, and it was because he was in, he was in a program with Hogan and that was serious bank. Um, he, he worked through it so he could, he could make the money. It just, it, it, um, it's oh. for life. You know many, many things about wrestling. He does. It's 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 scary. It's crazy. What you know? Yeah, I got another thing I read here. Of course you did. Well, it's from Dark Horse. What, dude, again. crazy because that's the other. I want to talk about a Dark Horse comic. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Oh no, I don't. It's another comic. Never mind. Scratch that. 
I, and oddly enough, it's from a BPRD alumni, uh, Tyler Crook on art. It was written by Jonathan Mayberry. Oh, okay. Of Black Panther. Yes. Yes. And it's a five issue miniseries called Bad Blood. Uh, it's, it's about a college age, um, boy nicknamed, um, Trick. Who has been battling cancer for a while, uh, goes into remission for a stretch, then it comes back, uh, full bore, uh, worse than ever, and he goes for chemo, and it, it, it's, it's that nasty cycle that, that, uh, some, uh, unfortunately some, some cancer patients fall into, and, uh, current, uh, when the story opens, he's in another stretch of chemotherapy. Um, lost his hair, is very frail, very thin, but he's, he's still going to school. Um, and, uh, I'm assuming it's college, could be either college or, or high school. I'm, I'm guessing it's college. Mm-hmm. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, Trick is accosted by a vampire. And it's, it's not just your, your, you know, your garden variety vampire. This looks like, the 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 pope of of vampires he's got vestments on he looks very very uh high ranking in the vampire uh pantheon and uh very evil looking bastard and he puts the bite on trick and is uh burned for his troubles all of the chemotherapy drugs in in trick's blood sear the mouth and the throat mm-hmm. of this vampire and so he he puts the old curse on uh, on Trick and uh, uh, kills Trick's best friend. I believe his name is Tyler. Kills him, mm. shreds him, and uh, proceeds to make Trick's life a living hell. I am going to destroy uh, you, uh, everything about you. Everything you love is now uh, you know forfeit. Uh, how does he put it? Let me get this right. He calls him a polluted piece of garbage. And, and, and the vampire's talking into the phone and his face is all like, it looks like burned by acid. There's bubbles and pockmarks in his face. This is an evil looking bat dude. And so, um, Trick takes upon himself to find this vampire and hooks up with a gothic stripper, uh, a vampire aficionado. Uh, and he tries to, uh, penetrate the, this, this vampire underworld. Um, most of them are posers, but unfortunately he, st- he stumbles upon the real deal. And that's when it starts getting, uh, very, very nasty. Two issues have, have come out to date. Um, and it's, 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 it's fascinating because he, I mean, you know me, I can sympathize with a lot of the stuff going on in this book. They, uh, Mayberry gets into the, the, uh, unfortunate lifestyle of, of a cancer patient and they, they, they pretty much nailed it. Uh, he's often tired. He's, he's very frail. He's lethargic. Just, you know what I mean? And, uh, the, the, the coloring, was it Dave Stewart? Let's see. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. I haven't done my homework. Uh, no, uh, Tyler Crook did the coloring too and it's, um, watercolor. Or, or a medium that resembles watercolor. Mm-hmm. So it, it has a very, a very frail, very, um, transparent, uh, look to the art. And it, and it, it serves the story really well. I, I'm, I'm digging it. 
it's like I said, it hits home. I mean, I mean sure, you know, take sure. that with a, with a grain of salt. So I, I always like to uh, have uh, an edge on investing myself in the characters. And if you know you, your main character had cancer, then I'm going to sympathize with the main character a little, yeah, a little bit. bit, a little bit. But no, it's it's really good, and it's it's not too far removed from the Mignola verse. This could fit mm-hmm. in with with that stuff so i mean if you're a fan of that i would give this a try because it's uh very compelling so far it, it who knows it could run, run off the rails there's three issues left but i doubt it the, the setup is really solid and the uh the stripper i gotta say is damn hot yeah she got the old she got the old french uh french, what, what i call the french maid uniform on with the low mm. cut and the the ponytails yeah it's bon Loving it a lot. There you go. Well, just in an effort to make sure that this episode is as torturous as possible for Chris missing it, uh, I read the second, third, fourth, and fifth issues of another former EOC guest, Mr. Greg Rucka's Lazarus. (gasps) Oh, how is that? It's real good, man. You know, I gotta say, I feel like Rucka is one of those dudes that uh, kind of like the way Mark Wade was for me for a bunch of years. I mean, he's not anymore, but like he's a dude that I've always recognized as a good writer. Every time I've ever read anything he's done, I've really enjoyed it. But it seems like he never, like I never am in a hurry to read his stuff. Like I'm never like, oh, I got to read this 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 thing. It's a rucket thing, you know. But then when I get around to reading it on my own time, I'm almost always blown away and reminded, like I should give this guy more due. Like he should be on my priority list. You know what I mean? Um. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's great so far. It's, uh, it's, it's basically a, a futuristic look at the world where, um, big, uh, governments have basically gone the way of the dodo bird in favor of, uh, the one, you know, the, the, the one percent of one percenters. These big ruling families have taken over the world. Uh, you know, essentially, you know, companies that are run by hierarchical families. So it's almost like in a roundabout way, we've gone full circle to now where we have, you know, r- rulers like royalty ruling classes. And, um, so it's the real world out in the open. Uh, sure, sure, <laughs> sure, exactly. Um, and and the the uh, shockingly the the protagonist of the story being a Rucka book is a powerful female character, um, which I know is 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 hard to fathom, uh, considering he never writes females. Um, but um, but she is, uh, you know, she is uh, each of the families that each of the families is, um. Uh, is given or, or not given. Each of the families has a Lazarus, and basically the Lazarus is the family protector, the family enforcer, and they take a family member and they train them from birth to be, you know, the ultimate warrior, uh, the ultimate, almost like a like a like a samurai, you know, Ronin. Um, uh, they're 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 super powerful. Uh, they they're they're schooled in the way of diplomacy. Of, uh, of of battle tactics, of of of, in, of espionage, of assassination, um, and and really uh, they're they're indoctrinated to the point that their sole purpose for existence is um, protecting the family name and protecting the family's assets. You know that's the, there really are um, uh, and and the um, in the case of of, of this story, um, uh, our Lazarus is she is. Uh, um, I'd say she's probably in her mid twenties as the story takes place, and 
she is the Lazarus for the most powerful family, but this family, as is often the case with 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 powerful uh, groups of of entitled people, is just full of intrigue. I mean, uh, and betrayal. You know, the 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 higher the, the head of the family, the, the patriarch, is um, you know uh, emotionally detached from from her. He he doesn't let her call call her him father. He he doesn't ever give her any love. You know, she's kind of just again like to to do his bidding. Um, she's got a older sister who is the head of the biological development department that basically built her. Because you know, again, this is not only are they they trained, but they have all kinds of circuitry and nanites and everything within them that so that they they can always monitor her status from this control center, and she can heal. And there's receptors to turn off pain in her body or to give her endorphins or adrenaline when she needs it. And, uh, and, and so her older sister's the head of that program. She's got a, a pair of, uh, of, of fraternal twins, uh, a blonde and two good looking blonde boy, and, uh, brother and sister who are, are kind of the, um, the upstarts, the, 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 the ones that are looking to find a way to become the head of the family, if you know what I'm saying. They also happen to be, uh, incestuous. They, uh, they get it on. And, um, and, and this family is, is essentially in control of what used to be the United States. And they're um, in a very tenuous truce that may be being broken with the family uh, that rules the um, that rules the uh, uh, the South, essentially where Mexico was. And you're just you know you're, the story is this typical rucka. It's it's a character driven story. You're introduced to to uh, to all the characters and their motivations, and 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 you have this undercurrent of the fact that uh, that you know 99% of the population are basically indentured servants. Living off the scraps of whatever the family deems the, they're worthy, you know, of having, and um, you know, and 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 we, you get the sense that 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 there is more to uh, the Lazarus situation than meets the eye in terms of, you know, who is she really? Is she really the the, the youngest daughter? Um, if not, who you know what? Why why did they raise her as as their daughter? And and what what is her role? Why is she the Lazarus? And um, you know, is she capable of free, of free thought? You know, she's, she's unhappy with some of the things they make her do and, and she's very aware of, of how unfair it is for the rest of the, the, the world to deal with this, this sort of indentured servitude and caste system. And, um, you know, you could just see, you know, the, the long game that Rucka is going to probably build something that, you know, revolves around not only a lot of political intrigue, but a tremendous amount of, of revolutionary thought as well. Um, and, and, uh, we are introduced to other, other Lazari. Um, so they do exist, although they rarely, if ever, interact. And again, you wonder, are they going to start interacting or is their interactions with one another going to lead to, you know, some sort of change in the status quo of this world? But, uh, but it's great. And, and the thing I like, I have to always give Rucka credit for is he not only writes really sharp character development, but he paces it with, with, with uh, the right amount of action so you don't lose, you don't lose interest, you know, cause you can, you know, you get these stories where character driven stories can be cool, but if it's just a bunch of pages after pages of talking heads, um, it can get kind of boring, and uh, and that's not the case. I mean, she is a total kick-ass machine. I mean, she uh, she she cuts a dude's hand off. She beheads a couple people. She gets in firefights. She gets you know she blows up people. So uh, it, it's 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 really really well done. Um, and uh, the art's by Michael Lark, another for, longtime Rucka collaborator. And uh, I don't know that Lark's ever looked better, at least to me. Um, you know, again, I, I would say this is for me more driven by the story than the art, unlike some of the other stuff we've talked about tonight. Uh, but the story's a hella good. It, uh, 
Another another in the win column for Image, not surprisingly. It sounds really good, but uh, I, I have to admit to being one of those that uh, has let Mr. Rucka's work fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. I, I I haven't checked out his last batch of. Uh, I think starting from the thing he did for Oni, which uh, David, you read that. Uh, which uh, stump stump. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 that sure. was great. That was great. Yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of didn't read that, and it's just been downhill ever since. But I should get back on the the Rucka bandwagon because the man man's a very very capable writer. Yes, he is. Uh, I will say, yeah, yeah. I like his his stuff. Well, I don't know what's wrong with me. Love this Punisher. Uh, the, the the Punisher series before this new one. Um, it was uh, Marco Giacchetti did the art, and it was just it was gorgeous. But yeah, it was it was a, it, the Punisher book was um, brought Frank back to the uh, the standard six one six, and and it, and it worked, and it was um, there was a there was a crossover with with Daredevil and uh and spidey and and it was um yeah i think i think he had a real good handle on punisher and and the i read the first issue or maybe two issues of lazarus and and like like jason i want to um i'm gonna go back to it and and i know that when i do i'm just going to kick myself for not getting back to it sooner yeah hmm all right he demand word oh, nothing you can, vi- can hey. get vince to wrap up like a rucka discussion <laughs> but that's isn't that weird it though is. i don't dislike the man i or, or his work it's just that well i'll be honest certain names instill excitement and certain names don't and i don't know why rucka doesn't because i enjoy his mm-hmm. work but it, i mean as soon as you say rucka i think okay female protagonist and that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? But so so why do why do I pull away? I don't know. I don't know either. I must figure this out. <laughs> Maybe I should just um, overdose on Rucka and remember why I like to. They stuff. have. Yeah. Hey everybody! This episode <laughs> has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you and your loved ones can get comic books for dirt. Cheap, 35 to 75% off their monthly spotlighted specials. They ship them all nice and secure and well-packed and safe right to your door. You don't have to leave the couch. They do not mind late orders or late order or order additions. And remember, get that previews damn cheap because it's essential. That means you need it. DCBService.com. In your travels, I'm going to throw some love images way. Oh, finally. <laughs> yeah, finally. Um, from the man that brought you the kid-friendly, all-ages masterwork, let's be honest, called Marine Man. Oh, yes. Mm. Uh, the complete flip side of that uh-huh. series came out today. Uh, it was written by Mr. Jonathan Ross, drawn by the great Ian Churchill, chameleon um, of sorts. Within the, it's called, uh, I believe there was a slight title change to this. It's called Revenge Now. I think it was called The Revenger at one point, but it, it's called Revenge. Mm-hmm. Revenge number one, within the first page, you can see in graphic detail 
a faceectomy, a brutal tearing of the flesh, removal of the face of this one character. On the very same page, there's nudity, drugs. Um, this issue has copious amounts of nudity and sex and drug use and severed heads, a chainsaw to the neck, a blowjob, more nudity, more explicit sex, more graphic gore. Ooh, rear entry. <laughs> it's, it's, wow, it's so over the top. Uh, you really, uh, not, if you didn't know, uh, Ian Churchill's previous work, uh, I, I think you would be surprised that this was from the same man who brought us Marine Man. It is, it's Avatar caliber <laughs> gore. I mean, it is really explicit and beautifully drawn. I mean, it's Ian Churchill. There's a menage a, th- uh, as David would say, a menage a three in here. Um, and much, much bloodletting. Uh, wow. Thumb sucking. I love it. And I hope it lasts forever. So get your asses out there and go buy Revenge Number 1 from Image. Do it. And be prepared. Be prepared to be shocked. Because uh, back at the limo blowjob, it's it's really, really in your face. Uh, nice. Yeah. Thank, thank you for publishing this image. <laughs> I'm going to talk more about this next week. Who's that guy in Game of Thrones? Which uh, there's a couple of them. The, the, the dwarf, the dwarf. Oh, Tyrion. Oh, Tyrion. Yeah, Tyrion yeah. Lannister. Well, uh, if they ever do a, uh, a motion Polo. picture version, that we got uh, the perfect character for the perfect actor for one nice. of the characters in this mm. book. Dude, it's awesome. Cool. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say in your travels, um, be better than my co-host and and read. Um, with the soldier, yeah. the bitter march, but, uh, I will, I, I took advantage of, um, and by the time this episode is released, there'll probably still be a few hours left in, in the sale, cause it ends the, ends Thursday. Thursday's the 27th. It ends, I believe it ends Thursday. Uh, but IDW and, and, um, Comixology is offering a sale on IDW books, and I picked up a couple, and one that I started, um, is uh the mystery society which is yeah. written by um Mr. Steve Niles the the mystery society was created by Niles and Ashley Wood uh but the art in mystery society is by the uh phenomenal Fiona Staples who of course beautifully illustrates saga and um it's weird as I'm going through this initially I'm definitely not getting the saga vibe. It's it's more of a um a Mike Huddleston look who did um Butcher definitely. Baker. I completely agree. And and it's uh but it looks great and I cannot wait to get further into it. But yeah, I um I I it just looks hella cool and I don't know what to expect. So I'm I'm this is a blind in your travels. I'm I'm you know, take take the leap with me, I guess. But it's it it looks pretty cool, and 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 it's on sale. So yeah, that that's what I recommend. And I I did actually for Vince, I did read the first issue of Night of the Living Deadpool. And since I haven't read the second yet, I can't say that's my in your travels. But I, I that was one other book that I read this week. What'd you think? The first issue was pretty funky. Colin Bunn's a third goddamn. Issue. He's he's a beast, he but it's um and the art's pretty cool. 
I like the uh, I like how Deadpool's in color yeah. and, and the backgrounds are and uh, almost like he was transplanted and, and dropped into a Night of the Living Dead movie. But um, yeah, I'll yep. I, as I, I I'm going to read the second issue and and see how much further I get into it to see how many issues is it? Is it a miniseries? Um, yeah, I think it's four. It doesn't say on the cover. I'll, it's weird. I I'll lend you number three. Thank you. Yeah, love it. Remember when we were at. What was it? The first C two? No, it was um. Wizard Chicago two thousand six. It was Wiz- It was Wizard World, and um, Mister Bun was walking around saying, "Let's rock these tits." That's how I remember him. <laughs> really? That's uh, yes. That's let's I rock remember these him tits. sitting like, next. It was there's me, you, paper cut. Um, I don't know if Chris was with us, but it was um, it was Cullen. It was Michael Laverie, and it was the um, – he was insanely talented then, but he oh. wasn't he, – he, he wasn't uh, he wasn't as big time as he is now. But um, – and it's where he, uh, he he scribbled my little head sketch in uh, Capote in Kansas, but it was it was Mr. Chris <laughs> Somney. I, I, that was an oh, awesome yeah. night. Make all make all checks payable to David. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, I mean that's that that's where I first met Colin, and and uh, yeah, I just I knew I'm I'm so I mean because he we love the damned, and mm-hmm. and the sixth gun is great, and and you know and and for him to be working on on big two stuff and doing some crazy shit with big two characters. That's another blind spot. I have not read panel one Stop of the it. sixth gun. That's I haven't. You are. Is is it is it stupid? Y- yes. Indeed. Yes. Yes. It is amazingly stupid. What not to is have going the, on with you? That is. Oh. I got. I got to say, I have to give. Um, but you know what? It sounds like the Lord of the Rings to I, me. Well, no, one gun to rule them no, all. Blah, blah, blah. No, you know what I mean? no, no one's. No one's. No one's gay for each other. What the hell does that mean? Because you're always talking about Sam and, and Frodo. Sam, Sam's just very fragile. <laughs> right. He's very emotional. He when, when that friggin' Elvis soda bread gets knocked out of the he got a cry. All right. <laughs> anyway. He travels. Yeah. First, I'll co sign on, on, on David's recommendation. I read that when it was coming out. Awesome. For society. It's real good. And, um, I definitely agree with what you're saying about Fiona's style being different. And I heard an interview with her, um, on the, uh, the, on sidebar, uh, shout out to, uh, our boys there, uh, Adrian and Swain. And, uh, What's up? yeah. And, uh, she said on, on the show that, that, that's a concerted effort on her part that she thinks that every, um, her, her, she wants to challenge herself so that every story she embarks upon, she wants to have a style that reflects that story and not necessarily evocative of anything else we've seen of her. So, uh, oh, yeah, so respect for that. Um, and just in a, in a strangely, weirdly unplanned Mignola focused night, uh, my inner travels is something that I also brought on my trip and will be reading before I get home, which is, uh, Baltimore, a passing stranger and other stories. Which is, uh, the third volume of the Baltimore story, which is Mignola's, um, non-Mignolaverse story about another vampire hunter named Baltimore. Um, and I just think it's gonna be interesting to juxtapose Baltimore, uh, against, um, what we just saw in BPRD Vampire, which is a very f- a similar thematic, uh, concept. So. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's good. Chris stuff. Golden on art, by the way. Nice. 
I think I have, I definitely have one. I'm, I probably have Baltimore two. I, I they're don't great. Have yeah, one and two. I read at yeah. the same time. I, I bought them both at the same time. So I've been anticipating this third volume. You could take up a, a lot of shelf space with just all the Mignola books. Heels to the yeah, I got a whole yeah. Mignola shelf. Yeah. Yep, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of rereadability in the, uh, especially the BPRD, because stuff uh, you may have missed the first time around becomes uh, once you have once you know the ends of the threads, it's kind of easier to to trace them back to their beginnings. Most deaf. So yeah. All right. Wow. And uh believe it or not, we, we do not know Mike, uh and we're not getting a kickback. So we this was just Jason, I was say David and I chatted him up for a while at Baltimore. Oh dude, I go. met we should talk about cons, dude. Yeah, I met Mignola when he was drawing Cosmic Odyssey. Nice. And I and I gotta say, maybe it was just the, the day he was having. Not a nice dude. Oh we got a lot he was nice to us. Yeah, well, yeah, well, maybe, maybe, but, but back then, what was that, 86, 80, 85, Cosmic Odyssey? What was that? Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that, that, that was post Crisis and Legends, so yeah, late 80s. Yeah, he was, he was not having a good time. Oh, maybe because, you know, maybe it was me. Maybe maybe he was working with Jim Starlin. Speaking of good times. Okay. Our good friends at Reed, who put on the Sados, Eidos, and New York Comic Cons every year. Have announced a second Reed sponsored New York con, this time called Special Edition NYC, to be held over two days, uh, on the 14th and 15th of June. And basically it's a return to the roots. It is going to be, uh, I guess as Lance has called it, an intimate destination, um, that's going to be intentionally smaller and focused solely on comics. It's nice. going to be, Creators, a big artist alley, tons of back issue and dealers, and uh, and the publishers, and, and that's it. And um, I was surprised, you know, by the announcement because because I mean, I, obviously it's. Uh, I guess what I'm most interested about is can you really put the genie back in the bottle? Like, you know, I mean, can you have a more intimate show held by? Can Reed put on an intimate show in New York City? You know, in the same town where they now put on the second largest con in the world, you know, the 130,000 right. people. I, I'm afraid that the uh, intent to make it a smaller, more intimate show will um, wreak havoc on uh, traffic. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people so. are going to show up. Oh, okay. Never mind. A lot of space there. But it's it's from what I understand, it's going to be where Artist Alley is. It's gonna be in that section, that area, just. That's, that's it? Which is, well, I mean, it's, it's good for, it's good for sale reception and, and purchases (laughs) if they're using Square, but, um, I mean, it depends on how intimate they want it to be. That's gonna be damn intimate. That's not a big room. No, I agree. But I'm, I mean, you know, it's weird. I, I, I'm actually, I think it's cool because I would love to, especially given it's our neck of the woods, it wouldn't be, it's not gonna be a schlep to go to. But the only nitpick I have, and it's a very selfish one, is that it's the week before Heroes, which again finally committed oh, to going oh, to. Oh, yeah. So it, uh, <laughs> so that's the only problem, um, is that it's, it's, it's the week before, but, uh. Yeah, but you can realistically go for just the day. 
And it'll be just like an, 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 an every average Saturday for you. Like, you don't have to stay the whole time. You well, know I mean? we'll I, just meet you, up. I, I mean, it and... sounds great, but again, I don't, I don't think that's actually true. I, it's, it's, if I'm in order to get away for a weekend, I, you know, I, I can't exactly, I mean, a typical weekend, you know, when you have, as you know, Vince, when you have three kids is usually chock full of stuff to do. So yeah, I don't know that I could be like, listen, tough. I'm going to go over to Manhattan and for this con and cause you know, when I'm about to be going away to North Carolina the following week for a con. So I don't know that I'm going to be able to attend it, but I mean, I certainly would like to try at least I would love to go for a day, especially if you guys are interested in, in meeting up, but I, I, but I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to pull it off cause I'm definitely going to go to heroes and that's, right. Yes, indeed. But that's, yeah, it looks funny. cool, and, and uh, you know, I always want to shout out Reeks. They've been good to us. They've sponsored us and stuff. And hell um, yeah, the artist yeah. alley. So far, you've got uh, uh, a lot of uh, EOC people. So you got um, you got uh, Team Revival. Ooh. You got Mr. Ryan Brownie. Oh, you got man. Big Head Stegman. <laughs> you got one of my faves, uh, Mr. Rafael Albuquerque. Um, you got uh, everyone's favorite Art Adams clone, Mister Nick Bradshaw. You've. I used to. Yeah, that's not nice. I used to think that. No, he's excellent, but he. Ah, uh, he is, but and he is in the zone. But I'm thinking the guy's grown beyond. No, that. I would agree. I would agree. I'm only teasing. Yeah. Uh, you got Mister um, uh, Ramon Perez, uh, Frank Cho. Holy crap! Hawk. Uh, a bunch of others too, um, and I'm sure tons more as they as they continue a, a pace. But uh, but yeah, so be on the lookout for I guess more information as it's announced. But uh, it's an interesting concept, right? Like like for them to have a, another con in this in this in the in the city. Like I could have I would have more understood if they like announced a different city or you know a different. But it's interesting that they're coming back to to Manhattan. Cool. Yeah. Respect it. Yep. It's funny you should mention the the family obligation angle because I I got sw- swatted this weekend. A, a couple friends of mine said, "Hey, we're going to the New York City Zine Fest uh, this weekend. Why don't you come?" And I'm like, "Oh, let's see what's going on." And the wife is going to some stupid flower show in Philly, mm. so I can't so I can't go. Blows. It does. I got to watch is this. Bro, which is a bad gardens. She said, "I'm going to a flower show in Philly. That's all I know." Yeah, whatever. What's she going to a flower show for? I don't know, right? <laughs> she can't wash a dish. She's oh, got arrange flowers. Well, she doesn't need to wash dishes. She got you, bro. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, you have done right. Soak- I'm soaking in it. So it's a dishwasher hey, everybody. Player. Thanks. I wash them before uh, I put them. Oh, you're one of those? Ugh. Yeah. Thank you for being here, everybody. We'll be back next week, uh, same time, same channel. Why do we keep coming back to this thing? Well, you know the reason why. Because we love you so much. And we'll be waiting for you. And feel free to leave us an iTunes review. They're always helpful. Yeah, stop by our forum, too. We have a lot of fun. David? Yeah. Tell them. Oh, again? Did you forget? No, I... Well, no. I just want them to... I want to uh, refresh their memories... It's bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum. That's yes. where it is. That's where and you can find, find us. And you follow can follow us on the Twitters as well. Yeah, yeah. On the Twitters. Vince B-O-N. He's never on the Twitters anymore, but he, he swears he'll be back soon. Right. Uh, David yeah. A. Price, who's on the Twitters quite a lot. And, uh, myself, J, J-A-Y-B Wood. Uh, I'm on the Twitters a lot. 
And then uh, that other guy that's here every now and then uh, is on the Twitter. <laughs> never, but he's never Twitter. on the Twitter. So I'm not even, I'm not even giving his name out. He's never ever, ever on the Twitter. I think I think he's actually protected anyway, so he'd have to approve anybody. Mm-hmm. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah, he is so protected. Yeah. Is he verified? Yeah. <laughs> he's not Scotty Young. Come on. I, I have to admit, I because I've been on the Twitter a long time. I I'm I'm actually seethingly angry that they haven't ver- made like allowed me to be verified yet. Wow, really? Yes, that's. I can understand your frustration. No, that's. I, I why? I mean, I don't like the how it's like. It's like this in club. Like they have to approach yeah. you to verify you. Like, wh- oh, like what? That's that's. Yeah, it is. I I do have to say, uh, Twitter and Scotty Young go really well together. Yes. Because out of the out of the blue, I'll just get a DM from uh-huh. Scotty about about anything, and it's just it's wonderful just to be able to instantly talk to to somebody you know that great. Uh, yeah, but we're not around you. It's a great way for Ron to yell at you on Twitter. He yeah, baffling, baffling, baffling. He was was he was he really upset? <laughs> Wouldn't he have told you if he was? Not if well, he was I kind of got he wanted pres- to ignore Vince forever. <laughs> True. He's like, dude. I don't think he was upset. I think he was legitimately baffled. <laughs> Well, yeah, we I, wanted I to talk about him. it for three weeks and we couldn't, and then it was finally the week of the release, and we don't mention it. But we we did talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Say good night, David. Good night, David. Ooh, I like that.